1: Whoa! Oh, it's the same
0: podcast. Whoa! Oh, it's the same podcast. Yeah! C U podcast time. Welcome to this completely unnecessary podcast for Wednesday. August second, the dog days of summer, God, fuck. T- 2017. We're we're sweating it out here with Ian Ferguson. I gotta
1: fucking wear the heat blanket today too.
0: An unpacked country. Wow, what is this episode 104? What are we on, Ian? Do you recall? I don't know,
1: but we're did, did, we're beyond we're beyond the hundredth episode. We're
0: beyond. We're, we're officially old hat. Are we officially
1: at four years now?
0: Um, is it, is it not, the
1: first one in August or the last one in August that puts uh, us at four I, years? I
0: thought it was the I thought it was the end of August, but mi- mi- you know what? This is episode one oh uh, four, by the way. The first episode was I'm gonna go look at look at Podbean while you talk coming up on on the on the show. We'll be talking about the Genesis flashback getting panned. Uh, updates on the Super Nintendo Classic pre orders getting canceled the Dreamcade Replay Kickstarter back again Ah, another console to kick around (laughs) (laughs) another Kickstarter just slap around Uh, we'll have another GameStop uh, retro debacle 30,000 sealed Super Mario Brothers game and more and your Q&A Ian did you miss me this past weekend I was in Austin Classic Game Fest did you miss me
1: no I was at Nine Inch Nails having a great time
0: okay you missed out on some great barbecue. Hardly. Oh, wait, no.
1: No, that was... No, you were just having a grand old time. Yeah, I did miss you. <laughs> yeah, think about that. Yeah, I kind of did. I guess I did. That... I, I was sad because um, you got to go to Pinballs, and Pinballs is a really great place.
0: Yeah, there's three locations around Austin. It's a it's a barcade, but like much... It's almost like the bars... It's not the, the main focus being a barcade. No, it's, no. It's a, it's it's a big, big size arcade... There was like three rows almost of pinball machines, so mm-hmm. probably like 40 to 50 pinball machines. And
1: you like, get some interesting ones in there too.
0: Sure. Uh, I think I showed you a couple of pictures, like 70s, 80s, 90s, and today. I um, think one of them used to have
1: a and d pinball machine. That's not super common. I don't know
0: if that one did. I don't recall seeing that one. At least it wasn't this one. According to my sources, this is the one that was had a better arcade section and slightly uh, less less gooder pinball section. But if, if the other place had a better pinball section, this one was fine for me. You probably would have been sure. satisfied, too. And they even had they even had uh, Candlestick Bowling. They had like eight lanes you could play. Oh, nice. They had, they had the awesome air hockey that I defeated Norm at 7-4. He bought I me ice you. cream. They even had the, ever see the four paddle air hockey? Yeah. It's like tons of little pucks and like one big puck. And that looks... Was it remember. the Pac-Man themed one? Not the pac There's a Pac-Man themed one? This there, one was there's it.
1: a the, the, there is a Pac-Man themed one, but I think it's only two players. But it dumps at some point a shitload of tiny. Pucks okay, this is the
0: same game. concept. There's like there's two different colored neon red and yellow pucks that yeah. are worth I think like two or three points each, and then there's just one normal size one that's worth ten points. And the paddles are like double the size, so they're like boxing gloves basically. And it's probably best for four players. But it looks like a ton of fun. Me and Norm are trying to find someone uh, to uh, to play with. Um, maybe that 51-year-old blonde woman that kind of hit on me could have been a uh, could have been a possibility. Hold their conversation. We'll get into it now. Norm was there. But the arcade section itself was great because they had a lot of stuff that you wouldn't expect to find at a barcade. Like we're talking an environmental diss of Tron. We're talking like a Satan's Hollow. More of the esoteric oh, titles. Nice. They had the, yeah. an original Tapper there. Um I don't I'm not sure if, if it wasn't Roop, I don't think it was Rootbeard Tapper, but I don't I was trying to look for the Budweiser stuff. I didn't see it offhand. But it definitely had the brass rails. I was
1: gonna say the teller what, the telling would have been the brass rails, I don't think I, had the Roop, the brass rails. I don't think Rootbeer Tapper had brass rails ever. So I had
0: the brass rails. Um and those are hard to find. And amongst other ones and there was some fighting ones and and you still got your Dave and Buster style ones, like the alien uh, feedback one, that really good new Star Wars one where it's like um it's 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 kind of a half cockpit where you're you're sitting back but the screen is like really big in front of you. Ooh. And it has a throttle. Basically the, the the gist of the game is obviously you control your ship and fire, but you have to throttle to make sure you don't pass uh you know to keep to keep the um the enemies in your sights. You have to always be you know thrusting up and back in order to keep pace. That's really what differentiates it differentiates it from a game like Rebel Assault. So it's, it, it requires more skill. However, though, like my, I and I got two out of three stars. I did find I defeated the Hoth mission, but it was two dollars for that one mission. I couldn't go on to the next mission. It was one of those, like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah, come on. Two dollars, win or lose, you're done. Yeah, I'm just like, come on, that's that's a little weird. Uh, but I had a great time. Always fun hanging out with Norm, the gaming historian. And I got a, uh, I got some, uh, I got trading cards from Walter Day with my face on it, with my beard, celebrating the fact that I did a certain NES guidebook. That was cool. I kind of met Billy Mitchell. He's a big. Big, tall glass is, of water.
1: She's a tall drink of water, baby. And
0: Austin was fucking hot. It was like 107 degrees with humidity. It was insane. But, like I said, the barbecue was great. great fucking city. Uh, man- uh, Norm, I think, managed to eat macaroni and cheese every day. He was there. Yes, I Norm, went- way to go. I went two out of three days in the mac and cheese, and uh, we went to Style Switch uh, with uh, our-, our pal, pal of the show, Rich, OK Chief, um, on that Saturday. He said that this was the second best barbecue place in Austin. And damn, that could have been the first because it was like even we went to we went to barbecue on the on the first day, we thought oh this is pretty good, and then this blew it away the second day like oh okay. do you know what it,
1: what it was called style switch a style switch okay I'm style trying to splash. think of what he would have trying to think of what he would have considered the first best bar I think the first
0: one was probably like some commercial on that it would be hard to get into like this was it wasn't a hole in the wall but it was like a medium sized place you know. Like, gotcha. Like you get you get in line. It's like a, you know. It's like an assembly line. It's like okay, what meat you want? Plop it down. What size you want? Plop it down. Drink, and they move people quickly. Because I've only
1: I'll... been to Austin twice, and it hasn't been in a while, so the names of the places are slipping me.
0: So we got a, a fun show lined up. Um, Ian's been playing tons of Fire Pro, but before that, we're gonna. I've be... also been harassing my cat with the little BB eight. Okay, well, your cat deserves all the pain <laughs> that bratty cat gets. We'll be that's at, been a lot of fun. We'll be at Game On Expo in Phoenix, and that's going to be a three-day event, and that's going to be uh, August life. August 11th to 13th. That's GameOnExpoAZ.com. We're also going to be at a video game con in New Jersey, September 9th and 10th. And that good old Game Guide Ultimate NES app is at version 1.3. Go find it. It's fun. Uh, so, Ian. We have a new that. Genesis flashback, do, don't we? Yeah, we do. <sighs> we spoke about this before in terms of whoa, this is. Some people were like, oh, is this the NES Classic Killer?" It's got a, it's got a cartridge slot, which the NES Classic doesn't. Okay.
1: So it was never going to be the NES Classic Killer. Um, but I did think it had a couple of things going for it. I got going for it, despite despite being an At games product, which. Are notoriously iffy. Um, one, it updated the wireless controllers to 2.4 gigahertz, which is well, a, which is a good standard. Well, it wasn't.
0: It was at 1.2 before.
1: No, they used to be like infrared shit controllers. Oh. Oh
0: okay. Nineties uh, I mean, technology.
1: I mean, uh, fucking uh, Hyperkin on their Retron three. The main reason we never sold those things again after the one holiday season was because they were infrared controllers. And holy shit, did we just get so many complaints on it that we were like, never fucking again. Like you just don't deal with that. You'd be stuff. like two
0: feet in front of it, pointed yeah.
1: at it. So the two point four gigahertz controllers. Um, it looked nice. Um. Uh, it had the cartridge slot, which probably had all of the compatibility, maybe, of a Model Three. Although, obviously, we'll get into it. There's there's emulation involved here. Um, that's where the positives end, though. Uh, <laughs> wow. Really, that's,
0: that's a big positive. Controllers are off, run off AAA batteries, by the way. Um, so yeah, it looked nice.
1: Uh, it, you know, the controllers were an improvement. Um, you know, 80 games
0: included, but okay. So 45 Genesis, 28 unofficial or like those backgammon or whatever crap games. And then 12 games that were either on the game gear or master system.
1: Right. So people are, are panning it and rightfully so now some people seem to be surprised by the fact that these at game, this at games console, um, has come with a lot of, bullshit games that don't really exist like yawning triceratops and air (laughs) hockey um those have always been included in the at games consoles and i i never expected those to disappear uh from from this yeah sure um that is however definitely an upsetting thing for people who haven't followed it until they saw this nice attractive little unit here um Some other complaints, the fact that it doesn't have a USB power cord, eh, okay, fine, I can get over that. What I can't get over is the supposed horrible, um, well, first of all, the menu system. Where you use the directional pad to move around the games, but you use the B and C buttons to change the categories on the left side of the screen. So, if you look at the picture on this website, it goes alphabetical, my favorites, recently played, Sega games, Sonic games, you see. Sonic game gets its
0: own category, okay.
1: And you don't press up and down to navigate through that, you press B and C to navigate through that menu, while using the D-pad to select the games, which is just a
0: little fucking unwieldy. I, I I might understand that thought because maybe you don't want it to scroll all the way back over there.
1: But it's just so it's natural just, of a thing. They should give you both options. They should give though. you the option. Exactly. Yeah, that's weird. Um.
0: By the way, the controllers you have to unscrew them with the screwdriver to open up the battery slot.
1: Okay. Well, that's great. Never mind. Just, we'll just negate everything I said.
0: About <laughs> <the controllers. laughs> so, just negate it. Shit, shit again.
1: Shit um, again. Um. The other thing is. Uh, there is apparently a pretty large, annoying bug in the uh, menu where the first press of every button on uh, the controller does not register. When you turn it on? Yeah, so you have to, like, double tap the controllers to get them to move M- around the interface. Maybe that's
0: the on button or it, it powers it up, I guess? It,
1: no, no, it, it's, it's more so than that. It's, uh, let, let's it says it
0: doesn't appear using a wired controller.
1: Yeah, it doesn't appear right. using a wild controller. Well,
0: what if you just use a wire controller? Then you can get past these crappy sure. issues. Well, then you can right? get
1: past these crappy issues, except for the fact that none of the games play well. <laughs> um, okay. And none of the games play well because it appears they use some sort of frame skipping because the emulation is actually too slow on this fucking machine. Okay, that's not good. The emulation is too slow on a, um, on, on a system that... I, I, look, a fucking Raspberry Pi can do this, okay? They're selling this for more than most Raspberry Pis. Raspberry Pi can run the Genesis just fine, and At Game's own Sega console can't do it. The games don't run well. Nearly every game exhibits constant frame drops. That's a, an exact quote from a GameSpot article. And frame skip is being used to account for inefficient emulation, so as things lag, it will just jump up the frames to catch you up.
0: So if you're playing Sonic and you're going around loop-de-loops...
1: You're going to see fucking stuttering. You're going to see, like, it. three
0: frames a second or something? I've <laughs> like, been, like, jumping up to speed to catch up. Okay. It might just skip around. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that sounds not good. And What even, about a bottle bottle taps race? Is it, is it powerful enough to play bottle taps I, I would certainly <laughs> hope
1: to. Uh, I would hurt. So or I air hockey. So. Um, and then even crazier... Um you know they they you know they they advertise the HDMI input which everything is doing these 720p days. 720p you can use your own cartridges and upscale except for the cartridges one granted as retro gamers we should know that if a game doesn't work you got to take it out clean it put it back in again but with something that has low compatibility this gets annoying because you don't know if the machine's not reading it properly or if your cartridge is just dirty, so you gotta turn it off, clean it, try it again, go through this boot up menu that apparently is obnoxious,
0: just to see if so, it, if the game works. So unlike a Reca like a Retron Five, where you can you can't take cartridges out, out put another put, one, it'll load the ROM up. This doesn't have that sophistication in the interface where it's just no. power on, power off, like a real system. But hopefully, it loads the ROM up and loads it into memory. Right, as it reads it.
1: and then finally. The frame skip issues are still apparent in the physical copies. Well, of course, because it's using it's emulation. Using
0: emulation. Yeah. That so. wouldn't change. So, so really, when you're when people are touting this as oh, well, it accepts cartridges, well, it doesn't have like it, 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 if it doesn't have the functionality of a Sega Genesis, it doesn't matter if it's taking cartridges. You're basically just adding a ROM reader to an emulator. That's all you're doing. Yeah. And you still have the shortcomings of the emulator. Say what you want about the Retron Five; it doesn't have issues like this when you're playing the games. It doesn't have skip frame issues. Like, I don't understand how that could even be a possibility in this day and age. My, my personal
1: just... review of this is you put your cheeks on it, and then you take it outside to the dumpster, and you just... <laughs> Wait a minute.
0: What are you doing with your, your cheeks on it? You put your cheeks on it. <laughs> Which ones, Ian? You have cheeks?
1: I'm not, I'm not going to yeah. nuzzle the damn You're not going to use it as a, as a black pillow? I'm just going to put my cheeks on it and take it outside. <laughs> You're gonna disrespect it. <laughs>
0: okay, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna do a, an FPS squat on it. I guess you could say that.
1: <laughs> I'm not really tea or squid bagging. I'm cheeks bagging. So but... so
0: Luna Video Games would not be carrying the at Game Sega Genesis.
1: I highly time. doubt we will ever <laughs> see this in the store. We we stopped we stopped carrying at Game shit a long time. So ago. So I
0: hate to say, I mean, it sounds like this is a step back versus even previous at Game stuff.
1: Yeah, because the previous at Game stuff was. Um, just Genesis on a chip.
0: Which is better than this.
1: Which is better than this. It's going to have fairly fucking poor compatibility, but at least it's going to run the stuff it's supposed to run at a relatively okay
0: level. As opposed to an emulator that might run almost all the games, but then run them like shit. Yeah. Which it seems like, so far, that's uh, what it looks like. For more in-depth details, you can go to, like, I'm looking at games, uh, Spot's article by uh, my pal Peter Brown, uh, you can give it some love there. And we've covered this before. We've made fun of all the list of games that were on here. We're like, I don't think that's a Genesis game. One well, other thing is that Mortal Kombat 1, 2, and 3, according to Peter, were left absent from the Sega Games category i guess, and they put it next to, uh, you said, Yawning Triceratops.
1: <laughs> yawning Triceratops. Was that
0: actually, was that a game? Yes. It's that a game. You remember that? It's, it's, it's,
1: it's been on <laughs> the past, like, three, or f- three Sega Act Games consoles. Well,
0: if that's good, maybe, that's, maybe that's a highlight of, of, of this.
1: I feel like it's the game I'd play first, uh, based yeah. on name alone.
0: Maybe it's like Tag and Dragon? I,
1: I, I feel like I'm a Yawning Triceratops sometimes, so I could identify. I just slumber into my room, munch on some <laughs> deciduous greens, and go to bed.
0: But you don't go to battle using your horns ever, do you? I don't know. Every once in a while. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. So this is a, a follow-up, believe it or not, to a topic that we cover. I think it was like February 2015, so two and a half years later. At the time, uh, the Completionist Channel was going through some some pretty big changes I
1: just need to fucking get it out of my system and say that I was really in the wrong on that episode and uh, I owe an apology to Gerard something that I will do in person um, soon but yeah I remember that video well it
0: got a little bit heated in terms of opinions in in terms of I guess the verbiage that was used
1: Uh, yeah and I really didn't understand the full um, story that was when I was still going into things very cold um, and I didn't understand the YouTube community, but, uh, I have but, since met Gerard and I get along with Gerard famously. And, uh, yeah, uh, that's something I do need to patch up.
0: So, so in, in all, um, in all transparency, this is something I know was coming down the pike. Um, and I didn't want to say anything publicly until it's public and it was a uh, public, uh, Gerard put out a video that all his videos with Greg, who was his partner, the first uh, about two and a half years of the completion of the show, all those videos are being taken down off the channel. And the reason for that is that there was a dispute uh, between Greg and Gerard about using his image on those videos after Greg split from the channel, uh, should he get paid for those videos, etc, etc. they were disagreeing about the company itself. So there was was potential of legal wranglings happening, I believe, uh, in this. So Gerard made the decision where this is not going to be worth it. And by the way, uh, hats off to Gerard for his open, open honesty in that video. Basically saying that, you know, I I might not have handled it the best two and a half years ago. Me and Greg are not friends. Right. We had a falling out that had to do with business. And and really just putting all the cards on the table. Full transparency. This is what's going on with the channel. You don't
1: get that from a lot of...
0: No. uh, Anyone these days. And that was something we spoke about at the time that I, I, I... I wish if Gerard did that originally at the time. I think it would have been um, much more cleaner for himself and the channel. But you know, but a lot happens in two and a half years, obviously. Sure. Um, but this is this is uh, bad news just in terms of 120 videos that are the staple of your channel, right? Uh, the the first uh, yeah, like I said right, the two and a half years of your uh, staple content being gone. That's a financial burden. That's a hit, obviously. And it's and it's a shame that it couldn't get worked out. Um, but I'm definitely, I'm not going to say it, I'm siding with Gerard on this one, though. Yeah, I have uh, to. Greg put out a, a tweet in response to this, and Gerard gave, uh, you know, they had time to work this out, and I don't think Greg was responding. So this is what Greg said after seeing Gerard's video, basically saying, uh, you know, these 120 videos are coming down. And by the way, this affects me in a small way, because I did a video with Gerard, it's going to be off the channel. So, I'm, so, Greg, I'm upset about that, because the work I did on that video, now is going to be wiped from the net. So, I I know that's not me being selfish, but I have a little bit of a stake in this, too. I like that video that we did together. Uh, So, Greg said, It has been over two years since my unlawful removal from that one video entertainment LLC. Obviously, that's his opinion on the matter. Uh, You have had sufficient time to build a new base for the channel that we created. In the beginning, removal of all episodes of media that featured me would have killed the channel. So, he's going that angle that that I, this is i was doing you a favor at time I leaving this stuff up mm. my aim is not to harm your financial well-being as a creative I do not wish to be represented by something I no longer have control of I never gave my permission to that one video entertainment LLC to use my likeness consider this my formal notice to that one video gamer uh, all forms of my likeness, any form of media controlled by that one video gamer entertainment, including about limited to all YouTube channels, social media accounts, and websites, must be removed by no later than two weeks from today. That was May 24th. Isn't there an implied agreement? There is. That if you appear in a video, you agree to have your your yes. likeness used in that video. Failure to meet this deadline will incur further legal recourse. The deadline was June 7th. So, So, this was all happening... Um, I, I I didn't realize that Gerard was going through this. I actually was rooming with him uh, in Norway. And this shit must have been in the, just the back of his head the whole time. Like, what the fuck? Uh, at the time. Uh, and he and he kept it together. Because I would have been going nuts at something like this. But Greg's argument, I guess, is that I'm no longer a part of the company so you can't post the videos that I am a part of. And yes, it's absolutely silly to say that... Um you don't have permission to use my likeness after the fact. I can't I can't shoot a TV show or a movie and then say oh I don't, I don't want you guys to show my face in that anymore. You have to you have to take those down. That's just sour grapes there's something else going on here. I don't know exactly what. There's always other things behind the scenes when this happens, but to me uh, it
1: sounds like animosity.
0: It's absolutely animosity. But but I always <laughs> err on the side of um not uh trial by combat, but trial by where, you know, what happens after these disagreements? And Gerard has grown his channel two and a half times since then. He's, he's grown his company. Um, he's doing great work. And he's moved on from this disagreement two and a half years ago. I'm not sure what Greg's been up to, but this is the only thing I've heard of from Greg since then. Um, so Gerard was trying to move on. Uh, so what he's doing, he's taking down the 120 videos and he's going to redo those 120 while still having his output of one video a week, which is absolutely nuts. So unless- he's going to do 2 uh So he's going to do like six episodes a month. I guess it going to be like four current ones and two re- redos or remakes that he said are going to be almost totally rewritten, all of them, to get rid of Greg out of those episodes. I hope he doesn't fucking die doing I this. I hope he doesn't die either, but I think that's... Because he's a busy guy. I think that's like the uh, best ultimate
1: fuck you is like...
0: Well, okay. Well, was fun. I'm just
1: going to do them all over again well, without
0: well, you. What Gerard said was great. He was like, hey, guys, uh, I'll give you like a month. Go ahead, watch these videos, download them. Just don't re-upload them to YouTube. I don't care if you keep them for your personal. So they're going to be out there. Yeah. You'll be able to see Goofy Pat dancing with Gerard in that Castlevania episode. Just not on Gerard's YouTube channel. He won't see a dime from these episodes, unfortunately.
1: But now the question is, I mean, how many people would really want to go back and watch the videos
0: with... Knowing that this is how it turned uh, out? turned out? I, I don't I, know. I
1: wouldn't be able to do it. You think so? I wouldn't... I mean, I, I... It's still a everyone, history everyone, of the, everyone, of the show, though. Sure. But everyone knows that I don't particularly watch YouTube, but I'm just trying to think of a similar scenario where... You don't watch my YouTube videos, so... Uh, where I find out that, you know, someone... If there was an un- an, an Unamicable un- split. Unamicable split. <laughs> and I had grown to really like one of the guys. I don't know that I could go back and watch the old episodes with the other person, knowing that that
0: person turned out well, to be an asshole. Well, that's the thing. It's I, I'm not sure if Greg cares about the legacy he's leaving. Because if he, if he couldn't have worked something out, if he at least said to, you know, okay, I disagreed how this ended up. Uh he thinks he was removed unlawfully. Alright. I, I have no idea what, what went on there. I, based upon what's been going on. I'm not even going to speculate. not going to speculate. But if that's the case, you can work that out legally. But to remove, or force the hand of someone to remove all the videos of yourself on someone's channel, you're basically uh, shitting on the fan base that supported you. It might have supported you during the split. But now you're also wiping out all evidence of your work for the future. And, and, and all the goodwill that you could have had with that fan base. Right. So it'd be like, if we if we came to blows, I said, you know what, Ian? I'm removing every podcast video with you in it. Uh, and then people be like, what the fuck? He put his work in. You know, it, It's it's it was part of the channel. And now you're shitting that. Or if you requested that, I want all my videos gone. Hmm, Ian wiped from the YouTube channel. Hmm. Start all over fresh again. Oh, anyway.
1: Uh (laughs) Oh, the comment section's going to be full of people asking for that.
0: (laughs) Well, Pat, why don't you do that? (laughs) Um, But I just think it's a weird situation, and you don't look good. You you do look petty with a move like this. I just do. Because you can always work something out, and this totally burns the bridge for any sort of... uh, You know, Beatles reunion tour, or you know, or Kiss reunion tour,
1: and he's not going to find anyone else to work with. And I guess it doesn't seem like he wants to, but still, this is this is. I feel like this is the worst way to flame out of. uh...
0: Oh sure, because you have people that respond on Twitter say, "Greg, uh, you know, I saw your your side of it. Maybe at the time, a little, but this is a bullshit move. Like this is petty, Um, and that's the way I'm going to leave it. So, all right, that's it. So, but Gerard's going to rebound. He's going to be fine. He's a very one of the hardest workers I know. One of the the, uh, nicest guys I know uh, there as well. Pretty good roommate. Pretty good roommate. Top five roommate. Top five pat roommate. Ian, you don't make the top five pat roommate. Uh, You might make the top 15. You make like the bottom 15
1: with your constant, I'm awake at 7.30, so I'm just going to talk at Ian until he wakes up. Well, we got to
0: be there at 8.30 to set up, Ian. Leslie doesn't leave a lot of time for breakfast buffet. Uh, I don't eat buffets. You don't eat breakfast? You gotta you gotta show up and you gotta, you know, set a lid before you, set, you try I to sell stuff. I had
1: a bar and a beer. That's my oh, con- That's a great breakfast con- champion. That's my convention uh, Yeah, and
0: he's online At Portland, he had like a 40 uh, one of the days, I think. It was a Sunday. No,
1: no, no. A guy, uh, a guy. Let's hear this. A, let's hear this. It, it was 10.30 in the morning. A guy walked by, dropped a paper bag with a can in it on the, on the counter, our, our booth, it was a 22 of tacate, and he looked at me, nodded his head, and kept walking. And I'm not going to let that get warm. You don't drink warm tacate. See, see what I have to work with, everyone? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then We rushed out. Anyway. All right, so Gerard's going to land on his feet. Uh, you might hear something between us in the future in terms of uh, maybe an appearance on a not-so-common podcast. Maybe, maybe a certain NES Marathon. Who
1: knows? Rooming with you. I mean, we have to thank
0: fact. again. Both of us have to thank Gerard for helping with the NES Marathon uh, last year. That yes. Without that, I would have been fucking killed. I would have been destroyed. And Vonnie helped. Gerard
1: and Vonnie, that yeah. would not have happened.
0: That would have been... You would have seen me just fucking crumble and descend into madness uh, more so than usual uh, live uh, on screen. All right, Ian... Hey, guess what? There's problems with the Super <laughs> Nintendo Mini. <laughs> I saw, did you retweet a picture where someone clicked on their YouTube, like, recommended to feed it, and was like eight videos of everyone saying, what's happening with the cancellation of the Super Nintendo Minis?
1: Um, Did you, did you do that? N- I... Uh, okay, not- no, and I don't... <laughs> it was a very good friend of mine, <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious, and I'm not really trying to insult anyone here, but my friend made a tweet that says, so I, I favorited it, so it probably popped out. Okay. And, uh, but a good friend of mine who I really like, and we're very much on the same wavelength, and he likes all these guys is the thing. He didn't necessarily mean it out of disrespect to any of them, but in general, he just, he opened up his YouTube app, saw the first eight things he saw were just people ranting about, you know uh, the the cancellation of the pre-orders, and then his next comment was closed YouTube app because it's like, do we all have to be the first person to fucking jump on this shit every single time? Do well, we do we all have a unique hot
0: take? Well, we don't all have a unique hot take, but I think with the the environment of of YouTube and and with the algorithms, it definitely favors being first to the punch. I know people get on us for not being first to the punch. But if we were first to the punch, I'm not saying we should do this. If we work a lot quicker, our views would be at least be doubled, if not tripled. Sure. I absolutely, no. I that. think
1: I think it's just kind of an it was just kind of an offhanded like little snide remark about creativity and stuff like that. But
0: but that's the I, ecosystem of YouTube. Yeah,
1: and and obviously he wasn't. Um, yeah, he he didn't mean any of it in like. But what, real uh, what happened? Real so
0: Walmart that. erroneously opened up pre-orders Orders. on what was that Friday? It was like a it was like a Friday the July. It was like Comic Con, like the twenty first, or was it, it? was around there. The it was 14th? right
1: around there, and they said they had, uh, and, and everyone swarmed, everyone filled pre-orders. And it was late too, so you know <laughs> must have been something fucked up. It wasn't like late at night. And they, no, I got uh, well. I got, I, got the, I got the report. I, th- I think I started getting tweets around 7 o'clock PST. So, yeah, it was later. Um, and then days later, uh, all of the uh, pre-orders were canceled. And um, Walmart's statement on it was... Well, first they
0: canceled some, and then last week they said we're going to cancel all of them.
1: I-, I thought it was, like, immediate they were canceling all of them.
0: No, it wasn't. At first, it was just okay. some little by little, and I thought, oh, it was very canceled. quick.
1: Um, where's this music coming from? There's some music. Oh, is it trash can? Just a
0: trash can getting moved. <laughs> I because <thought> it, <laughs> it's 100 degrees in here. We need the windows open.
1: Oh, Think that was music. I thought it was like the beginning to like a fucking <laughs> march on a trailer or something like that. Um, Walmart's Desiree Delaney email states that, while the company must regrettably cancel the orders, it has not charged anyone's credit cards. Well, that's fucking great. Uh, as a standard procedure. Right, so why is that remarkable? Anyone who uses PayPal gift cards will get your refunds. I do hope you'll give us another chance to earn back your business. i It's just the same constant shit show with these products every single time. Um, and now we are getting word that this trust in um breaking news with Kermit D. Frog um
0: that's an awful Kermit Yeah, it voice. was
1: awful. Um we're getting word from Nintendo that the we appreciate the incredible anticipation that exists for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System Super NES Classic Edition. Wow, that's a long official name. And can confirm that will be made available for pre-order by various retailers late this month. So they're going to be about probably roughly a month before
0: the official release on September 29th is going to be pre-orders.
1: A significant amount of additional systems will be shipped to stores for launch day and throughout the balance of the calendar year. Okay,
0: so... Before, this is my response to all the hot takes Were fuck Walmart, this is what happened. Someone clicked a switch, probably by accident, or was set up for the pre-orders go live. It was obviously the wrong date. The next thing you know, Nintendo, hey Walmart, what the fuck are you doing? Take down and cancel those pre-orders, because that's not what you're supposed to be doing. And that's basically the, the long and the short of it. It's not a conspiracy theory. Walmart fucked up. Nintendo probably pushed them to cancel the pre-orders, or maybe Walmart realized, hey, we just sold more than we're probably going to get in to be able to ship out. So something weird happened with that.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, no one else was trying to do it yet yeah. at that time uh, through various retailers. I can't imagine Walmart would have been an exclusive pre-order spot. No. Um, in that I, case... I was shocked it was that. Or when I was like, whoa, it's yeah. like three months out. In that case, Nintendo would have had to step in and be like mm yeah this is gonna put you in a shitty position and make us look yeah bad, and but...
0: also piss off all the other retailers that are setting up for the proper release date right like gamestop or Target they're gonna be like what the fuck Walmart just took tons of our pre-orders potentially
1: and and it sucks for Nintendo because there's no way that no that that a large chunk of you know video game playing base is is, is gonna look at this and not get angry at Nintendo because sure. at this point, anger at Nintendo is is uh, well sure a very the, it, there's a very at, short
0: fuse. Look at Nintendo. Nintendo's sitting there like, all right, we might have this figured out. We're, we're, people are, are, are we're going to ship out more of these these SNES classics. We're going to set this up to, to have a, a better response versus the NES. Oh, Walmart, what did you do? You put up pre-orders way way months ahead of when you should have. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. You know, great. So now I don't know if people are getting a Nintendo for this, but you know, I,
1: I feel like they are. I feel like people think this is Nintendo. This is a sign of Nintendo not producing enough. That's and not I, what and it I is. don't. I you, think it's far too hey, early to to say. Yeah, that. I was
0: going to say that could be the case again, but this isn't a sign. This is Walmart. Someone clicking a switch or scheduling something to go live when it should have shouldn't have, and that's it. Sure, it's it was it's nothing more nefarious than that. So that's our hot take. Uh, two and a half weeks after. The news comes out. Whatever it was, two, when did it? I think it was Comic Con. Yeah, the news. Right? Did we record since Comic Con?
1: We recorded before Comic Con.
0: So we recorded on the. Let's see, we recorded on the 18th. About. So then the pre-orders happened right after that. It was, okay. like, it was like the 21st. It was like the 20th or 21st. All right. So it's been almost two weeks. What are you guys
1: doing? Just fucking take it in, Ian. Yeah.
0: We love talking about. Kickstars on this show.
1: Oh, God, we sure do.
0: And uh, we didn't want to have a hot take on this because I had no hot take at first. You know, you know we weren't first to the punch. We're old men. We're, we're in our 30s. And sometimes we need a little time to, uh, you know, have the, 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 the thoughts and form and gel and congeal in our head before we, we come out and talk about a topic. I got to steep
1: my bones in Earl Grey tea and rub masks on my face.
0: And... <laughs> you have to look at the tea leaves to see yeah. what is this telling me. But we originally spoke about the Dreamcade Replay Kickstarter.
1: Yeah, we covered this thoroughly last year. A year
0: ago. And we had issues with it. Uh, not... Uh, uh, Considerable issues. Conspiracy. The, the price was, we thought, out of this world. So, the Dreamcade... What the fuck is it called? Dreamcade Replay, Replay. Universal Vintage Gaming Console. The the Kickstarter from last year featured... The a, one true king. The, I, Featured a tabletop mini arcade cabinet option, uh, a joystick and buttons, you know, layout with a rollerball, and a cute-looking, little-looking Atari 2600 little console, all built on some sort of AMD Athlon Windows-based machine. Uh, And it included emulators. It it was supposed to include built-in games, and it had compatibility with Netflix, Twitch, you know, a, a streaming service, Hulu. You can get all that stuff on Windows Store. And, oh yeah, by the way we're going to have a built-in search engine to automatically grab ROMs from the internet and put on the machine to, to play instantly. Legal! So that was obviously our biggest concern with it. And uh, Dreamcade, whatever, Replay LOC, whatever, Dream Arcades Inc., actually commented, go back and look at our original coverage. They came after us in the comments. They wanted uh, to appear on the podcast to rebut our claims. No, but they had some, let's just say, no. erroneous <laughs> views of what is legal when it comes to ROMs. So they claim that since you can back up and archive ROMs, that means you can just play them from a machine. Not just that, but then search for them from websites like archive.com uh, and grab them and play them on your machine. The most backwards no just insane view of what's legal with emulation and again me and Ian are not against emulation no not at all but, you just can't sell it like this but we what we will call out weird propositions of um illegally making profit off of emulation i think that's the line me and Ian sort of have when it comes yeah, to this yeah no
1: that's exactly it um when when you're profiting off of emulation i that's when i start to have uh definite issues because because you're fleecing people for something that they can do with a little bit of
0: um, their own work so the other issue I had was the price for this Dreamcade Replay Classic was $289 uh, the Kickstarter price regularly th- regularly three ninety nine. so not just the fact that it was really just in a bad spot in terms of what it was offering in our opinion but the cost was out of this freaking world
1: now here's the crazy thing
0: what's the crazy thing Ian?
1: Well, the Replay Dream Arcade has been relaunched. The, the Kickstarter is back. The Kickstarter is back, and magically, the Dreamcade Replay DX Early Bird—the same exact one that you were
0: talking about—is very well, similar. Is now only one hundred and twenty-nine dollars. Or ninety nine for the bring your own controller version. Okay, so it didn't. They they canceled the Kickstarter last year because it was wasn't close to the goal. Right. I think it was under fifty percent of the goal, and they just canceled it. They bring it back and they relaunched it on. It was July sixteenth. It hit the goal in twenty four hours. It hit the uh, the thirty thousand dollar goal in twenty four hours, which was interesting. However, in this version. Uh, now it's the Replay, Dreamcade Dreamcade Replay, one console, console to rule them all like Lord of the Rings, I guess, I don't know yeah, you're right, it's a similar Atari 2600 version, but now for some reason it's $200 cheaper, that to me is that's red flags to me, yes big red flags, same shit inside right, they're it, they're basically running a similar promo video uh, on
1: the page, it's either the same shit inside or slightly better because time has improved yet somehow this has
0: magically dropped substantially
1: from what they were asking last year,
0: sure But now, they still brought back their uh, game search option. Our exclusive retro-reload Google Safe Search takes the worry out of finding new games, whether it's commercial sites like Steam Powered, Good Old Gamer, or Online Libraries, like the Internet Archive. We make sure your searches are always family, safe, and virus-free. So they're including this ROM search function again in this machine. Right. Not just that. They're doing something which... Uh, cool on the service again is troublesome. So now they have they're going to have um, um, an app where you take a picture of a cartridge, and that will will p- magically pull the ROM from somewhere online. God, I really hope these aren't sitting on your servers at at the at the Dreamcade Dreamcade Replay. Yeah, because where are you pulling these ROMs from? Okay, I'm getting uh, Guerrilla War. Great, great game. You uh, know, a, a label upgrade. So according to this app. Uh, that's what would be included with this, I would take a picture of Guerrilla War, it would automatically get that ROM from some magical place and drop it into my library. Do you see problems with this, Ian?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, I see huge problems with this. Namely, say, like, well, they're taking a picture of an Atari cartridge. This is supposed to be proof of ownership, right? Well, we leave all the Atari cartridges out in stacks at the store. Someone can come in and take pictures of all the Atari cartridges.
0: Um, or I just go on a fucking website and take a picture, and of, take a picture of the, of the cartridge, cartridge, cartridge on a website. website. Is it sophisticated enough to know uh, where I'm taking the pictures at? Probably not. If I go to a convention like Classic Game Fest and just take pictures of every fucking game I see, that is that proof of ownership? And even so, doing that, again, where are these ROMs coming, coming from? from? Where are they getting pulled from? That's a, that's just a really weird feature that can be easily abused. Yeah. But to to tout that as a main feature... That's really strange. Again, uh, it has uh, you know this is uh, very similar to the the console last year. Let's see, it's a two point two gigahertz Intel processor, four gigabytes of RAM, Windows ten, Bluetooth, expansion slots, and network. Over two times faster than any Raspberry Pi should be if it's based upon you know an Intel processor. That's the good news. So be able to you'll be able to get I guess even PlayStation, PlayStation games and going
1: some N sixty four.
0: So you might ask yourself, Ian, I might how if this failed to get going last year. Did this hit the goal so quickly? TV. So, and, and this is what if you want to get the news out first you should report on stuff that we're about to talk about. Because it's very important in, in terms of the story of this console. Yeah. Um. So Steve Harvey has, has a new individual. show. Has a new show co- called who has screwed up issues on, uh, screwed up views on other issues we won't get into. But has a new show called Thunderdome. Very clever. Clever. Thunderdome, Thunderdome. What is Thunderdome? Well, if you've seen if you've seen shows like Shark Tank, which I, by the way, I love Shark Tank because you actually have people that are knowledgeable in business and know what will work uh, for a specific industry or not, and give actually really good advice. The few uh,
1: uh, episodes I've seen were actually pretty. deep. I think I, I've, I've seen a few over here. Yes, actually. they're
0: they're great. And you actually learn a little bit about how you should run a business watching them. So imagine the idiotic version of that, where oh good. Like, so you don't think, if you th- think that's dumbed down to some extent, this is two people uh, showing off their product, one versus the other, and the products have nothing to do with each other. They're not even in the, s- in the same genre of products. So This ver- makes curly fries. This plays video games. Not, not, okay. not so far off. So, for example, <laughs> the, the one I saw, and damn you, if nothing else, damn you doing this Kickstarter for making me go and watch Thunderdome. Which, by the way, is on ABC Go, and it's episode 5 if you want to watch it.
1: Thanks for taking that bullet for me. Yes.
0: <laughs> with with the 14 minutes of, of commercial breaks uh, uh-huh. every 5 minutes, too. So the first... Uh, for example, the first uh, items to go up against each other was a a, a pool uh, a cozy that floats in the water. You can put your, your, your drink down. Actually, not a bad idea. Going up, though, against a fishing caddy. So we're talking entirely... Like, different, jo- the only, the only similarity, water! The only, that's the only similarity even, even Steve Harvey said the only similarity in these products is that they both use water in some way, so on the show, the audience members in the Thunderdome, in the Circular Thunderdome vote for <laughs> which
1: <saying> Thunderdome, Thunderdome
0: <laughs> they vote for which of the two gets the funding so this was for, the first ones I saw for this, uh, pool cozy and for fishing gear thing, floating thing, was 20000 so, but you could opt to to take a take a whatever payment if you thought you were going to lose. So the one guy for the cozys took like, I think they took like 5000 just to make sure they got it. The other guy won, got his 20000 So, the Dream K replay appeared on the show to get $100,000. Opposite this nice dear old woman who built the Yarn It, which was a plastic holder for yarn balls. So that they didn't spill over and become un- unwound. Actually, not a terrible idea. And she built these herself. Hmm. So she took the payout going up against the Dream K, Dreamcade Replay. She took a payout, uh, I think, of like uh, $20,000 20 or $25,000 that she got. So I'm happy about that because they said the split was 53 to 47%. The reason that Dreamcade Replay went on the show to get the $100,000, they claimed was for, they said, was for to license games. Now, is this
1: pre-Kickstarter?
0: Here's the thing, Ian. This episode premiered the same day the Kickstarter went online, July 16th. Ah. According to ABC.com's date, it was July 16th that it aired. That's when this went online. So, of course, the DreamK Replay team would be smart and say, oh, we have publicity going on a show on ABC is being seen by millions of people. Let's launch the same time because they can go and Google it and see it. That's how they hit their goal so quickly to begin with. But what's strange about them getting that $100,000 for their words to license the games... So they
1: have nothing licensed.
0: Well, no! Because right before this podcast, for a few days, they was, there was a legal dispute, a copyright claim, over this campaign. Because previously, there was a list of 100 games that were included, which included Atari games. Games like Centipede, games like um, Asteroids. I think you had uh, Gravatar in there, I believe, and and some others. Right. You know the the ones you'll probably see. You know you'll see some of those on like the the Atari flashbacks, for example. So at the time when this went online, and for the first, uh, we'll just say, couple of weeks, about they were displaying a list of games that they were claiming were going to be included that were licensed at the time were not licensed. By their own words, they were still in negotiations to license those games.
1: Right, which uh, you you can't say it's coming with hundred over 100 games, including attire games, if those negotiations haven't been inked. And right here, last line of, very last line of the Kickstarter, software licensing has been negotiated, but it has not yet been signed for game packs. Titles may change. So it doesn't sound like anything has been licensed yet. But it says that it's going to include 100 games. Um, but we have no idea what games you're getting included in the 100. And this is, I, I mean, I don't know if people exactly know what they get. I don't know if people really understand what they're getting.
0: Well, that, well that's a that's thing. And that's the danger of, of when these sort of items reach the, the mass market. Because they don't understand the technology involved. They don't understand legality of, for example, licensing thirty-year-old games. Why is it uh, uh, wrong to have a a a snapshot ROM loading function on your console? The dangers in that legally. Mm-hmm. They don't get that. Steve Harvey was struggling to understand what the hell it was when they said, "Well, you can play ten thousand games." He was like, "How could you play ten thousand games in this little box?" He has, he has no idea what emulators are. They didn't explain it. He asked them, "How
1: like, do you fit all of them?" And, and,
0: <laughs> and just on, and I'm not going to get on the couple for going on the Steve Harvey show for getting hundred thousand dollars to license games which they haven't licensed yet, um, because it was great publicity. But when when you go on touting yourself as an inventor, and when someone asks, "How are you doing this? How are you, uh, you know, doing this?" You you might want to explain that, hey. We're taking open source emulators and throw them into a fucking box.
1: Yeah, it's not really being an you, inventor.
0: You're not inventing really anything.
1: People have been doing this shit for years.
0: So I, I have a problem morally with that more than anything. Yeah. While this poor old lady next to them actually invented, invented something. something. So, just weirdness all around. The, the The campaign went back online with, mysteriously, that, that graphic list of 100 games, including the Atari games, is gone. Because I think they had to do that. I mean, some of the updates, even, even if you want to get into some of the updates.
1: I, I just want to bring up this update, because this is strange. So, this was um, when they... So, this was prior to them being shut down for a few days. I wanted to let everyone know that we were contacted by a third-party law firm requesting that we remove the list of Atari games. We've been working for several months with a top person in Atari's licensing arm, and have even met with one of the corporate executives regarding licensing for the replay. In fact, the last email we received from Atari about licensing was just two days before the Kickstarter went live, July 14th. The people at Atari have all been great to work with. Even though we aren't a large company, they were still eager to make a deal that worked for everyone. So I'm almost positive almost positive that this letter is just a mistake. It wasn't. Probably accidentally issued by a third party p- firm. Nope. And that this will be cleared up right away. Something got cleared up.
0: Yeah, they took down the list of Atari uh, games. Because they're using yeah, that to promote their Kickstarter.
1: In the meantime, I've removed the list of games until I get a reply from my contact at Atari to sort this out. Which apparently hasn't happened yet. Still, I personally want to assure everyone that I have been working with Atari on licensing and they were waiting for a final number of licenses needed. Even if for some reason we are not able to offer licensing through them, I will honor my commitment to each and every backer by making sure every replay shipped will have access to the 100 promised games at a minimum via digital download as we can purchase them online
0: as at minimum via digital download as we can purchase them online. So he's trying to say that I, I will buy them myself cool. for you to to put in onto your unit somehow? I,
1: I don't know. I guess, yeah. It, Probably through Steam because it's a Steam support, but that's a bold promise to make, and I realize it either means... I mean, they're kind of in a situation where they don't say that and they they lose backers because there's no games included, or they say it and they paint themselves into a corner where they're paying out the ass in the event that Atari doesn't license the games to all of their backers and buying a hundred Atari games for everyone.
0: I just think it's weird that you go on a show specifically to say we need $100,000 for licensing, and then you start your Kickstarter on top of that, after are getting that $100,000, without the licensing for those games that you went on the, the, yeah. the, the Thunderdome for. Right. Why not just wait then until you have it sorted out with Atari? Because other ventures, like The Watch, for example, have the full licensing up front.
1: Mm-hmm. They
0: didn't wait till after the fact in order to get the licensing. That's what's just weird to me about it. Hell, if you want to say, okay, we think we're going to get licensing for uh, for 2,000 units, uh, for the hundred games, and then we'll work it out for something after the fact. You're telling me that you have to wait until a Kickstarter ends in order to work out an agreement of licensing? No, that's the only option that Atari would have given you. I highly doubt that. Highly doubt that. That doesn't seem like that'd be a smart way because, as we've seen, we've seen Atari, uh, Atari throwing their games out to everyone for Kickstarters and everything else. Yeah. So I don't, I don't see them being, or, or maybe you work it out. Maybe work out a price per unit beforehand. So, this is just, I don't want to say total shadiness, but this was just done, obviously, they got the publicity for the show, they launched the Kickstarter at the same time without having their ducks in a row, and they capitalized on it. They capitalized on on the publicity from the show, and also partially using the list of Atari games that are not included at this point on this this console. Correct. So, there you have it. So, check it out. If it's something you want to invest in, and get, go for it. That's all I'm going to say. I don't have an interest in this personally. Any last words, Ian? Nah. Famous. Nah. That's (laughs) huge. All right, Ian. Another week. Another GameStop retro fun find.
1: I mean, uh, how much can we say about about these at this point? But, yeah, uh, I I, I think this one's more interesting because... um, so so, someone ordered a a Bubble Bobble two, uh, and off, emailed us about it, and emailed us about it, and from GameStop, three hundred forty nine, uh, three hundred fifty dollars pre-owned on sale for three hundred fifteen. If you have the Power Up Rewards Pro price, um, which means they probably give thirty dollars in credit for it, and uh, it came and it had an extraordinarily. Obvious fake hand cut label. Wow. that
0: I mean, we, we talk about badly cut labels. That one looked like a, they took a cheese crater to the edge of it. It <laughs> or, was bad. Or those
1: child's kangaroo scissors. Oh, the safety those? ones? The yeah. blue and white ones? Yeah, the safety Oh, those scissors. are fantastic. Yep. You,
0: that would have given you a cleaner cut, <laughs> <Yeah>. actually. <laughs>
1: So, anyways, uh, you know, he takes it back and uh, gets gets the money back from it. Wow, Um, that's a bad label. His his local GameStop was very cool about it. It has good personnel. I I do feel the need to shout out good people who work at GameStop because there are – they do exist. It's not like everyone who works at GameStop is a – uh, a fucking evil mastermind. You know they're not. I have good people who work at my local GameStop, and they're very nice. They are not the enemies. It's 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 above, and it's the lax policies. And he he actually posts um, a review on
0: before the review. Okay, here's the actual email message he sent to us. Okay, uh, yeah, uh, all right. So, I bought a Bubble Bobble 2 card a few weeks back from GameStop to no one's surprise. I received a counterfeit game. Ordinarily, I would just shrug my shoulders, bring the game back to my local brick-and-mortar GameStop, and be done with it. However, the fakeness of this particular fake was so profound that I was moved to document it for posterity. <laughs> I took a few photos of the game prior to returning it, thinking perhaps I'd share them the next time I saw someone I care about contemplating a purchase from GameStop. This restraint ended promptly yesterday when, lo and behold, I received an official email from GameStop. Perhaps... An apology from a GameStop representative, maybe some token of compensation for my time wasted in hopes dashed. No, it was a solicitation by GameStop asking me to author a review of my recent Bubble Bobble <laughs> 2 purchase for their website. That's right. I consider myself a generous soul, and a quick check check showed no reviews have been posted on their shop page for this title. So clearly, I had the chance to contribute some content to GameStop! Exclamation point. Hopefully, the review is still live. And let's face it, I'm shortage. Is go to GameStop.com site or phone app, pull up Bubble Bobble Two in the store, and have a read at the one verified purchaser reviewer review and enjoy. I'm excited. Thanks for all the content you provide, Doug in Florida. Go. So here we go. And by the way, it got a uh, one
1: star. Uh, which is about accurate for its gameplay, anyways. You, well, that's uh, not what you gave it to according to a certain guidebook. I, just, I didn't praise it. You um, gave it a four stars. I gave it, like, three. Alright, go on. Uh, maybe I gave it four. I just hate them. Don't oh, fuck it. Um, not even a good counterfeit. Was sent the counterfeit from GameStop.com. For this to occur, multiple failures had to occur. Staff at brick-and-mortar GameStop had to be presented with a Nintendo cartridge sporting a quote-unquote label that isn't a label as much as a cut-out glossy paper printed on low-quality inkjet printer, finding nothing out of order with this, and proceed to accept it as a valid trade. Staff had to continue to not see anything wrong with the cartridge, as it's packaged and sent to GameStop's retro game processing facility. And here's the best part... GameStop personnel at the retro game processing facility had to perform zero quality or integrity checks on this cartridge. Forget the obvious fake label. Did I mention the game inside the cart shell wasn't even Bubble Bobble 2? It was F-15 Strike Eagle. That pisses me off. Yep. If the game was tested, it would be immediately obvious the game was a fake. The game was nonetheless deemed acceptable for retail resale at over 300 on GameStop.com and sold to a customer. Me. And then he goes on and says the only positive was his local brick and mortar GameStop was mortified. They offered many apologies. His store's by outstanding folks, um, and would never have taken in a game like so, this. And uh, you know, not all GameStops are trained to so buy. Or so
0: hard. obviously another fail by the retro whatever headquarters of GameStop, but more of a fuck you to the person that did this because it's not like F sixteen of F fifteen Strike Eagles a common fucking NES game, <laughs>
1: right? Exactly. And you
0: just ruined it. To get to get th- fucking thirty dollars of trade credit in, you might as well g- went to fucking AliExpress and bought one brand new. That pisses me off more than anything else. You don't see F fifteen Strike Eagle that all- often, right? It's four stars according to a certain skybox. Anyway, had it as a kid, great game, well, at least for the piece of uh, PC MS DOS. So anyway, so uh, thanks to Doug in Florida for this great note, Doug. But in it's Florida. not just the fact that when people get on about, well, you can just return it. But look what happens, though. They, this is encouraging cannibalization of real games that end up in people's hands, and they yep. got to go through this fucking bullshit. You know, let's put it this way. How many people that say, well, you can just return it, how many of the people have said that have actually gone through this garbage and yeah. have done this at least one or multiple times?
1: Lincoln. Our Your pal Lincoln. Lincoln? Yeah. Yep.
0: Does, he, does he say, oh, it's not a big deal, or is he pissed off every time?
1: Uh, he's they- annoyed, but I think at this point he's just trying to prove that everything he orders from there. Oh, he just wants <laughs> to. yes yeah,
0: it's a game now.
1: Yeah, it's a game. It's I think like, it's a game form.
0: What's now? the batting average of real versus of, of non-real? I-,
1: I think everything of worth he's ordered has been fake. Has been fake. Yeah,
0: there you have it, folks. Thanks, thanks to you. What was it Bob in Florida? Doug in Florida. Doug in Florida. <laughs> Doug in Florida. Doug in Florida. Blue
1: Apron is the place for me. (laughs) Farm living is the something of... Blue
0: Apron, Ian! Ian, you love the apron of Blue. I do, it's great.
1: We recently made the... um, So, Blue Apron... Before I... I always start about gushing about the food. Blue Apron is a wonderful service that delivers uh, meals for uh, two to four people. Locally sourced food. Generally locally sourced, uh... Uh, very fresh vegetables, produce, um, quality meat, food, uh, or quality meat food. Meat Qua- food. Quality meat, meat, food. meat seafood, etc. cetera, um, to your door once a week um, with everything you need uh, to cook it. Uh with a ex- nice
0: little car telling you what the steps involved.
1: But the only thing they really require of you is a little olive oil and that you have your salt and pepper. Basically, yeah. 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 Uh, everything else is provided. I mean, seriously, they provide butter. Uh, they provide good creamery butter.
0: And they, stuff they provide like the, that. the spices, oregano, a little, so, little bit of vinegar.
1: So it's all pre-portioned, and uh, there's no waste. The quality of the food is exceptional because, as Pat said, it's locally sourced. The meals are great. The portions are perfect. N- are n- uh, like it? Like, they worked out the portion. I feel like they must have spent like a year and a half on figuring out the exact portion size because it is spot on. Because
0: you know, I like to eat sometimes. And I'm usually satisfied with the actual portion. I don't double it up. With the, with, I'm talking the sides, main meat, everything. It's yeah, good. It is. Um, they are big variety. They have they have fish dishes. They have lamb. They have meat. They have chicken. They have shrimp.
1: Uh, just last night, Vani and I did uh, shrimp with sweet peppers and potatoes. Oh, and it was, uh, I mean, it was freaking incredible. It was super good. Um, Tonight, I think we're going to be cooking off uh, pork burgers with white cheddar. So, um, it's excellent. Um, The way I've looked at it is uh, it averages out to about $35 for a four-person meal, which... If you like to cook fresh anyways, that's about what I average when I walk to the store and buy the ingredients. So if you're having – you don't have to subscribe and do Blue Apron week by week. Sure. You can can skip weeks. You can actually look through the entire menu online and go, oh, I want this week. And this week?
0: Well, you can also, select, week. every week you usually get four choices. You select uh, a couple of them, right? Two or three, depending upon your meal choice. Right.
1: So, so you like, can select your choice, but you can also you can also plan ahead and select which weeks you yeah, want so them to. you don't have to get every week. So if Annie and I know we're going to be really busy a week, we'll order. Sure. And uh, no, it's fantastic. It brings people together right. to cook.
0: Yeah. And okay, and this is the cool deal we have that if you go to blueapron.com slash cu podcast, you get three meals free. Come on. I mean, you should Come on. just try that. You can just try that. Upcoming uh, meals include basil pesto chicken with summer vegetable panzanella, sauteed shrimp and green beans with gloved tomatoes, spinach, and orzo pasta. I think I might be doing that one. Oh, that sounds good. Whole grain pasta and summer vegetables with heirloom tomato caprese salad, mm. miso butter, salmon, and lo mein noodles with cucumber and charmed tomatoes. I'm fucking starving now. <laughs> and this <laughs> one was too. a controversy between uh, to me and, uh, me, and my and my lady friend because she wanted to get this one. I went to a different route. Meatball pizza with fresh mozzarella cheese and charred tomatoes. You know what? I might go back to that after reading that. That sounds good. The the mozzarella they
1: send you is super good, too. It's it's not all frozen. No, it's like stretchy and milky and gooey.
0: (laughs) All right. All right. Poolapron.com slash CU podcast before we have to change our shorts.
1: I was getting a little pornographic. It's the
0: number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. In the country. Established partners with 150 local farms and cooking together builds strong family bonds. That's why me and Ian should do this pronto. Keep that bond strong. <laughs> and Ian, sir. Luke Lo- crate. Well, come on, Luke crate, proud sponsor of the CEO podcast. At this How point, this
1: it's it's one of it's like it's like the the
0: oldest institution now of quality. It the- just provides Blue Apron is probably funding Ian's burritos and he doesn't even realize it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> I mean, Loot Crate. a great. Lo- yeah. Well, Blue Apron's providing good food. Loot Crate's providing burritos. Yeah, Loot Crate's providing burritos.
1: Um, they've been around forever, and the reason why is because every month you get a box packed full of... Um, t-shirt.
0: Get a t-shirt. This is actually a Loot Gaming. I'm looking at They have Loot Gaming as well. Oh, that's pretty cool. Brutal Legend. You get
1: figurines. You get a little fallout laser rifle in this one. You get neat little knickknacks that you, you get, can take with you to a, your office or your work. Usually a
0: little figure. Exclusive figure. Um, this one has a Battletoads belt buckle. I'm sure you'd want to wear that. That's No, I don't, but
1: lots of, <laughs> o- lots of other people would wear that. Um, it's really cool. There's lots of cool stuff in there. Um, the stuff that you don't like, there's always someone who's willing to trade online. Sure. And you can get stuff from back loot Crates. There's a whole little culture and community that surrounds Loot Crate, and uh, getting in on it um, is, is uh, always fun, and we do offer a promo code for it so that you can get your Loot,
0: crate, loot Crates for cheaper and get in on the fun. So go to LootCrate.com slash you Podcast, and then the theme for next month is... The theme for next month is going to be Kingdom! August theme is Kingdom. What's going to be in Kingdom? You're going to get stuff from... Okay, you got to sign up for this month. Legend of Zelda, Ooh. Adventure Time, Lord of the Rings. Come on. That's a, that's a solid crate right I there. I like
1: two out of the three.
0: There you go. So do I. I'm not sure which two out of three, though, but I at least like Zelda. Um, and then you, you, one lucky subscriber will win the Mega Crate you have until the 19th at 9pm p- p- Pacific to subscribe and get the Kingdom Crate. Again, go to lootcrate.com slash... Oh, it's slash Pat, not see you Podcast. Sorry. Pat. Pat, Pat, LootCrate.com slash Pat, enter code PAT, and save 10% on any new subscription today, and they have the Loot Pets, they have the Loot Gaming, lots of Loot, Loot Crate, proud sponsors of Ian and Pat's uh, Burritos.
1: Yes, thank you. (laughs) Keeping me at a solid 176 these
0: days. (laughs) Ian, big news about a big, big time retro game sale. Seems for like big money. For big money. No whammy, no whammy, big money and stop. Stop on a sealed Super Mario Brothers NES game that sold for $30,000. Our pal Chris Kohler at Kotaku reported on it uh, on Nintendo Age. Looked like it was confirmed that this was actually paid for. So, Ian, why is this a big deal? I'll tell you why.
1: Oh, well, okay.
0: Because there hasn't been a sealed game outside of a stadium that has gone for this many figures that I've known about, at least on the NES. So typically, typically you can go to a convention. I went to a convention last year and saw a sealed Super Mario Brothers game for about six hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, somewhere in there. But there are multiple versions. Damn it! I was going to say, was it the
1: Hang Tab version?
0: Well, here's the thing: there's there's about at least three versions of the Super Mario Brothers. Yes. The original version is, is a sticker seal. Right. Sticker seal was the first uh, iteration of the black box games that they put out in the fall of 85 to about, I want to say, at least the first few months of 85. Uh, like the, like Some of the ones I own, Gyromite, Duck Hunt, the ones you get in the deluxe box, had a sticker seal. It wasn't a cellophane seal. Those are obviously the rarest ones to still find sealed. Those go for a ton of money. This one that sold was the second iteration. So this is a hang tab version. So a hang tab... Uh, pff, do I have any hang tabs here? Let's see if I have any hang tabs. Oh, I got a hang tab. Hang tab, in. Yep. You can. You have to open up the the, the cellophane, but then you pop out the tab and you put it, like if you went to, like, Kitty City, like I did, they were actually hung up, the games. Mm-hmm. Um, not good for the box, but good for displaying easily. That's the hang tab version. That's the second iteration of a lot of these black box games. So those are the ones that are the second um, most rare. The third version would just be non-hang tab, Yeah, my suit, my brother. Just a sealed box. Just a sealed box. And like I said, I see those uh, not often, but you can find those easily. And on eBay, you can get them for not much money. So this version, though, is the second version. Um, And these don't come up for sale often. The one with the hang tab that are sealed, right? Right. So this is why this went for so much money. People were saying, Pat, is this real? Is this fake? Why is this going for so much money? That is why. Um, According to uh, Chris Kohler. Uh, in this in dozen known. About a dozen known. I'm going to take this word for it. I'm not a, a big, I'm not a big sealed guy, obviously. Sealed! So I'm not going to speculate on how many are actually out there for this. I will say this. There is confirmed, by I source, 26 sealed stadium events. 26 sealed. Oh, okay. Not only a few, Chris. Not only a few. 26 sealed stadium events. This is less than that. So this is going to, in theory, be harder to find than that. So, to me, this is the difference between finding uh, a mint copy of Detective Comics uh, number 12 versus 27. So to me, the same events would be Detective Comics number 12. You know why? Uh, Detective Comics number 12, it's it's rare. It's hard to find. But who? can you tell me what's in Detective Comics number 12? I can't. No one else can't fucking do that. What's in 27? The first appearance of Batman. Yeah. It's more important. That's why it's worth a lot more. So, for my money, this is why this is more important in the long run. A game like this, and this is only the seconds. Uh, this is the second iteration of this version, not the first. So, and that's why to me it's going for a ton of money. Has the original Caldor twenty six ninety nine price tag on it still? <laughs> Good old Caldor. I had one 10 minutes away from me in New Jersey. Love Caldor. Sort of like a Kmart slash Bradley's, and Bradley's is gone, and Kmart's on its last leg. And that's how much these black box games cost originally. Most of them were under thirty dollars. Uh, you know, then, then once you get into like the later years, they start going up to like forty bucks and fifty for third party games. But originally, they were pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I got that as a kid. No, no, I got it in my in my in my box. That's right. I got it. It came with it. So um, to me, this this is more of an interest to me than a steam events because obviously, oh, Super, mean, Mar- Super Mario Bros. Brothers is one of the most significant games of all time. Uh, again, this is to me, like, if you, can find ga- you can find comics or baseball cards that are rarer than the most expensive ones out there, but they're not as significant. State of Events is not as significant a game as Super Mario Brothers. So if you wanted to get a game and say, wow, this is important. This, was a- this version of the game you know was in stores pretty fucking early. This is important for that reason. And so to get a sealed copy of that, icing on the cake. Where's my Super Mario Brothers? I wonder which version I have. Obviously, I don't have a sealed one. I don't have any sealed uh, black box games. I think I have a sealed Zelda 2. You know, it might be expensive. I don't know. So any any thoughts on this, Ian?
1: No, I just think it's interesting.
0: Came from uh the, the one of the one of the three big retro game dealers, DK Older. There's actually like four. There's like Lukey Games, there's JJ Games. Uh, there's another one out there. Uh, Hillbilly Media is another one. Uh, he said he had it for a while. Went up for a no reserve auction starting at one petty one penny. The CEO, Drew Steimel, says that the game, along with other mint and sealed NES games, have been sitting in his office for years. Yeah, there's a until... the Kid
1: Icarus that went for like 11000
0: So Until we finally decided to let him go. I'm just really surprised that it went for 11000 the Kid Icarus. Uh, really surprised. It might, it might have been like, I guess, to sealed collectors that are nuts, maybe it's the, the best version they've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, so they went for it. You know. so, um, so go look for your sealed games out there. Sealed, but I wonder then what a thicker sealed version would go for uh, versus this. Yeah. Your eyes just lit up.
1: I think sticker seals are cool.
0: The only thing about that sticker seal is that um, that would be a little bit easier to fake. Yes. Because as long as you have the sticker from that game or another game, there's not a huge amount of telltale signs to know that whether or not that's been opened or not.
1: Lifted and reclosed, yeah.
0: There could be a fine line on the back of the box because the lid went up. Sure, But, I mean, what if you only opened it once you yeah. know, and put it back? So I'd be a little wary of that. Uh, personally, because I had a gyromite that I thought originally was never opened, sticker seal, so it was opened like once. Uh, you know. So, all right. So, uh, there's your there's your game du jour in the five figures on this CU podcast.
1: Ian? Just a little interesting tidbit here.
0: In- interesting tidbit?
1: Yeah, uh, on the uh, 2DS. Um, the 2DS XL um, hardware outsold the Switch uh, upon release. Um, by about about ten thousand units. Okay. Um, I think this says two things. Um, one, it, it's fairly obvious that a large uh, chunk of the reason that this happened is because uh, Japan seems to be experiencing a a greater switch shortage than the U.S. is experiencing. So,
0: so in in essence, the demand has really been more than what their supply has been.
1: Yes. Um, but it does also show tell me that um, the 3DS is not dead. As, as much as people think it is, um, people still buy the hardware. Um, in Japan, people still buy the hardware. Over here, um, people still constantly look to us for the hardware. Um, I'm not trying to say that it's a steamrolling powerhouse anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I this, to me, once again... Verifies and, and we, we, or justifies, and we talked about this back when we announced the launch or the, the announcement of this system. Uh, this justifies this continued year of support they're giving the 3DS while the Switch gets its legs and figures out its place in Nintendo's library, sure. which I really do think will be the new portable and the new console. Yeah, you're... I really do think that's where it's going to be. Sure. But the 3DS certainly has a home. I mean, I, I we certainly get tons of 3DS customers in, uh, tons of people looking for 3DSs, and I think that this proves that there's still a market for even more hardware iterations, especially well, if, at a, a new price point of 150 for a nice-looking system. Oh, it
0: looks beautiful. It looks it creamsicle color. Yeah, I like the creamsicle. Is that, one. The, one, is that the one we're getting? No, we're getting the blue one. Who we're wants? getting the blue one. I want the creamsicle one. Um, but, yeah, we always said that. We thought that the 3DS would be well-supported into 2018.
1: Well, you and I have always said yeah, that.
0: Yeah, we've said that. Uh, and that, that made the most sense, especially if you can justify... Nintendo's looking at these sales and be like, oh, okay, these are still selling. They, they sold what? 36,860 units in the first week on sale in Japan. That's that's nuts. And, and they sold they sold Hey Pikmin. They sold almost 80,000 80, A game that hey
1: There was, like, no hype for people. Ever, people I didn't know what was coming out. People bought the shit Is out of it. Is that out in the U.S. yet? Uh, Yeah, I believe so.
0: <laughs> and then uh, it says, uh, according to this Nintendo Life article, stock shortages resulted in 30% drop in sales for Nintendo Switch. Because they weren't around to buy probably at that right. point. So you're going to have a drop naturally. Uh, very interesting how this could ebb and flow. You know, this isn't like the Nintendo top loader coming out when the system was deader than dead. You know, yeah. and, and not being supported. The three 3S is still being pretty well supported. And plus you have a pretty robust back library of games that you can go back oh, to huge. that still stand up. You know.
1: It's like we talked to that guy the other day on the, the the podcast call and you know about the 3DS, and it's like, yeah, get the 3DS. You have a library of 3DS and DS games that goes back over a decade. Yeah, yeah.
0: If you, if you put in the regular uh, DS games, then yeah, you have a ton of games. Yeah, you just Tons have so much to play. And like I said, the 2DS XL, um, it looks great to me. I don't need the 3D. Never used it. It's not necessary to me.
1: Yeah, it's a gorgeous-looking system.
0: So just take a bite out of that, Ian. Would you lick that? I would. No, not, not put your penis on it. Like mm, something else.
1: No, maybe not. <laughs> I, won't, I won't slap it around. <laughs> oh, this is rich.
0: Not, not Review Tech USA.
1: No, not. <laughs> not our, our pal Rich. <laughs> no. Not, not, no, not Rich. Um, although I'm sure he'd find this humorous. Uh, so. The Mighty number 9 Nightmare Never Ever
0: Ends. You know, we thought it was over. We thought it came out and got panned with its its pizza pizza graphics. (laughs) Pizza explosions. And
1: everyone was done, and then that was just the end of it. But no. uh, A year or more, just over a year after release, people finally started receiving their physical backer rewards. A year? Over a year. Now, the physical backer rewards were either an NES-style box or a Famicom-style box, and it clearly states that the manual will be inserted into the box upon delivery and that it will be a full-color manual. What people received were NES-style boxes, with the manual out of it, I believe, and Famicom-style boxes, where the dimensions okay. are just way too short.
0: So Famicom boxes are a lot they're rectangular, right? Yeah. And they're a lot smaller, smaller than narrower. An NES box. So obviously you need to have two different manual sizes.
1: Yeah. Well they didn't do it. And the manual doesn't fit in the Famicom box.
0: So they made them all NES size? Yeah. Yeah, that's not gonna fit. They're gonna be at least at least a half inch.
1: So it yeah. doesn't fit. And on top of it the manual's not full color. The
0: manual's not full color.
1: No. It has color in it. It's not full color. It's like shades of blue from what I could see in pictures. Are
0: you fucking kidding me? They no. couldn't shell out full color.
1: It was not full I would have rather
0: had black and white manuals like Rygar I, I, than a crappy blue shade. That's what it looked like to me. It was like It was like blue shades and shit. So
1: the manuals don't fit the Famicom boxes, even though they were stated that they would all be shipped inside whatever box you ordered. Um. Apparently, they must have gotten the manuals back and just been like, eh, f- fuck it, and just... They didn't realize
0: them. that it wouldn't have fit.
1: Yeah, I guess not. And then, and then, yeah, it's not in full color. So, the nightmare never ends for uh, these people.
0: <laughs> so, this is what they said, I guess, in the update. Sure, as a download title, Money No. 9 doesn't technically need a physical box, but then you don't technically need to breathe. Oh, no, you?
1: that was part of the pitch to order the physical oh, okay. stuff. Okay.
0: Of course you do, just like you need this box. Satisfy that inner collector slash old-school gamer itch by having Mighty Number no. 9 take its place among the side-scrolling action games of your on your desk. Shelf or Ocean 11-style laser tripwire protected display case. Alright, okay, that's a little unnecessary. This will be shipped to you with the printed instruction manual already inside. It won't have the game in it because you're getting that via the download code. But hey... Put whatever else you want in there. The Western style box will be patterned after the NES game box dimension style, while the Japanese version will be Famicom esque. Note, backwards will be pulled and can individually choose to receive the Japanese or Western English version. If we don't hear back, the default version for backwards with Japanese shipping addresses will be Japanese, and all others will get the Western version. And yes, if you're wondering, there is a reward tier that gets you both the Japanese and Western version.
1: And then, Let's scroll down a little bit.
0: A- an actual physical full color. Instruction booklet. You said it's not full color to go along with your actual physical game box, just like the old days. The Western v- version and Japanese version of the manual will look slightly different from each other. In addition to being in different languages, of course, but both will be similar in style to the typical eight-bit manuals from their respective territories. So you're saying they didn't make them like that?
1: Okay, as far that I, as far as I can tell, no, they didn't. I could be wrong. They may have just done them both in the same size.
0: Okay, so. The Famicom-style game, this is from uh, Kotaku, the Famicom-style game boxes and manuals are sent to backers who donated 60 or more. They could also have selected NES-style boxes. Alright. Yeah, so the manual, the Japanese, I said, I finally got my Japanese manual and box, and the manual does not fit in the box. So, yes, the manual is longer than the box. Yeah. That's a fuck-up. (laughs) <laughs> no. But it is, but it is Japanese worded, okay. so it just sounds like they didn't so they resize just, they it properly. They didn't resize them. They didn't resize. They didn't properly.
1: even think twice.
0: Does it fit okay in the NES I size would imagine box? It has okay, to. I, so that looks like what happened. They only did one box, obviously one manual for both boxes, and didn't bother to resize it. So, wah 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 wah. wah. I don't know. Oh yeah, it looks like it, it looks like it fit. Yeah, the yeah it fits in the in the NES style box. Yeah. So. So they just fucked up. That's just sloppy. And they had to know that it's a different size box and different manuals. They had to have known that.
1: They should have known that.
0: So, you know, anything else on this? Is there a pizza giveaway that goes along with this Mm -hmm. dude to match the explosions?
1: No, I just have a feeling nothing. I have a feeling they'll ignore this and quietly go away.
0: Ian, this portion of the CU Podcast is sponsored by Dollar Shave Club. Uh Aha! You used to shave. I shaved. Once upon a sh- time. Just yesterday. If you want a good, clean shave at an affordable price, go to slash CU podcast. You get any razor there for a buck with free shipping. There's no commitment, and you can cancel any time.
1: You look romantic handsome.
0: Romantic handsome? Do you miss my bearded looks? Eh,
1: sometimes I do, yeah.
0: You like the like the lumberjack Pat look?
1: I flipped open Vonnie had like arranged some pictures of us uh in the living room, and one of them was the most recent Radies Children Hospital picture, and you had the beard, and I was like, hey, man, Pat looks smart with a beard. I look smart,
0: you say I look stupid now?
1: No, smart as in like oh, snappy. Like sharp sharp s-
0: Snazzy? yeah. Sharp, as my uncle would say. So you can get the executive razor. It's only a dollar for the first month again. That it comes with um four stainless steel blades, and you get six Blade cartridges to go along with that. Yeah, they have the four X, which has four blades, or the humble twin, which has only two blades. If you want to just go for minimalism,
1: I'm usually a home. I'm, a- I'm usually just a twin blader.
0: You can't handle the four blades?
1: I can, but
0: <laughs> no commitment. You can cancel anytime. Again, go to DollarShaveClub.com/slash. See And they have other stuff they got? The you know the beer rub. They got the they got the exfoliation. They got the the, the one wipe Charlie stuff. They got the soaps. At the harley Club, but we're, we're we're pushing the blades right now. Push the blades because you know you don't like hair in your body. I don't like hair in your body. I no. You know you've gotten hairier every year I've known you. I believe. Hmm. <laughs> right. So Ian,
1: yeah. So a rare Atari Twenty Seven Hundred was found um, at a thrift store in Oceanside, California. Which wow,
0: was, not too far. No, like hop, skipping a stone throw away.
1: Twenty to thirty minutes away from us. Um, Damn it. This and uh, that's very cool. It was an unproduced uh, prototype to the 2600. Um, its main difference was that it utilized two uh, radio-controlled uh, wireless controllers that combined the uh, paddle and the joystick together in one.
0: Really cool. And
1: yeah. if you look at them, they look awesome. The, uh, the joysticks are nubbier. Um, if I remember correctly, they have buttons on both sides, so lefties like me can stop complaining. They do, <laughs> and uh, you know that joystick also rotates.
0: Yeah, it's almost like in between a fifty two hundred controller. It's like going there, kind of in terms of the, the they're longer.
1: Yeah, yeah, they probably
0: function better. Probably function
1: better. Um, it was what they're, they're they're estimating. Someone estimated that there was twelve units um but the, the the one guy um let's see national uh, video game museum director john
0: hardy not the uh, guy. very nice.
1: uh says that there there could be be more out there
0: sure in, in some collector's hands or some ex-Centari employees it's, it's always possible um sadly it was
1: not found with the controllers but it's still a really awesome find all the same uh he picked it up for 30 bucks and managed to flip it for 3000 uh even without the controllers sure. which
0: is which is insane um by that... the way, by the way, the, the terms of the console look, it, it's basically a 5200 pro, almost prototype shell, and it has a little flip-up plastic. I think it's freaking cool. So it's in looking. between a 2600 and a 5200 in terms of, like, you know, it plays 2600 games, but it looks like a 5200.
1: So, it's very cool looking. Um,
0: had the AC adapter with
1: it. <laughs> What's cool about the controller is... I. I think it could have been utilized really well on something like the 7800, where they were releasing games like... Um, they put out games like Akari Warriors on the 7800, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And 100, I yeah, believe.
1: Um, where you could, at that point, then do the actual arcade-style setup of moving and shooting, because you have the movement and the paddle at the same time. Well,
0: they did have um, the, the, uh, the, the telegames version, of the video arcade two did have a similar thing where the, the rotator and joystick was on the same.
1: Oh, in the, in the, in the Gemini did that as well. Yeah. Um, but it was just never a function that you could put into a game. Um, so it's very cool. The reason why it never got mass produced was these radio controlled remotes had a range of about a thousand feet. -hmm. And they only differentiated between left and right
0: players, so uh, so they had different signals. They had different signals. On each unit between the two controllers, but they didn't change a signal per unit. unit. So, that could be a problem.
1: Especially if, I, you know. And who knows what else it could interfere neighbor, with. Yeah. yeah, if your neighbor had one or if you had two yeah, units I, in the I, same house. I think the
0: FCC would probably be like, this is no good. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, it just would have been a nightmare.
0: Actually, yeah, go look at a Video rk 2 controller and then compare it to the 2700, and it's almost like it's in the ballpark in terms of what they were going for uh, there. Because Ian's looking up right now. There's, and those are fantastic controllers, by the way. I, ha- I have a Video Arcade 2. I should actually just use the controllers. So the Video Arcade 2 controllers, yeah, it's, it's one joystick and and the rotator's on it. And then you have two buttons left and right. So it's also lefty-friendly, Ian. Yay! So there you go. But, um, it, again, another story of... Uh, now, every month this is happening... Whether it's uh, the, you know Earthbound NES oh, prototype awesome. from last month, that's really cool. I'm surprised you never saw that before. No, Cross one in the that. store. Um, again, the Gemini I think is somewhat similar. I like um, the
1: Gemini one a lot. It's just got a little joystick at the top and then the actual spinner at the bottom. Okay,
0: well this is built at once. So you're right. In theory, you could have did a game with both digital and analog at the same time. But again, like with the with the John Hancock's uh, uh, friend finding the Earthbound NES prototype at a garage sale, this is found in a thrift store. Damn it, I should have been there oh, at the thrift it, store.
1: And that's kind of the point I wanted to make, and I made that same point before is. There's still good shit out there. Sure, you just, you know, it's, it's, it's odd. It's, it's moving back to places that people have abandoned looking at.
0: So do you have a problem with people saying, "Well, you bought this from a thrift store," and you know, this is came from a disabled army veteran store, and, and the money's not going back to them necessarily? Is, is that an issue, or it's like, eh, part of the game? You know, it's like you find this stuff at thrift stores. You know, I... is that is that a morally gray area to you, a dilemma, or is it sort of like it is what it is?
1: I don't know. Back in the day, people used to find video games all the time that were rare, that were cheap at thrift stores, and I just think that's that's just part, part of the game. what it is.
0: That's part. Let's put it this way: that's part of the reason you get up and go to the thrift store to begin to begin with, right? Yeah. Is that part of the reason why? Yeah, I so, think I mean, so. So that's part of the draw to begin with. So I right, know. So it's, it's it's uh you know we can talk about people in the comments. Let us know what you would think. What would you would you leave it behind, or would you tell them, "Hey, this is worth thousands of dollars"? Would you buy it and give money back to it? You know, I guess it depends on your situation and what you would think. Throw them a hundy after you sell it. Come back and say, hey, donate some money to them. That's up to you. It's
1: probably the best bet.
0: Here you go, Ian. We have a scumbag. A scumbag. Seller. A scumbag. seller. Seller. Of seller. Of, seller. The seller. Week. of. The. Week. 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 And, it, week. And, it, and it's a callback, scumbag of the week, to the last one. Do you remember the last gun Sale of the Weekend? What were they trying to sell on eBay? Uh NWC gold cartridges. And it was hysterical. It
1: was. This, this is even more hysterical. You know
0: what was hysterical Also, at that, though? Uh-huh. Is that I got an email threatening me legally about that. Oh, I bet you that went real far. Yeah, that went far. So we didn't know where the counterfeit Nintendo World Championship gold cart was coming from. Because it it appeared the same The label looked a little bit different It came with the participation card even Which we thought was strange Mm -hmm. The dip switches though Were a different color And if anyone has any knowledge But realize this is a fake But we found the source Based upon a tipster Email tipster Ian where is this Where are these uh, counterfeit gold NWCs coming from OneUpRetro.com So OneUpRetro.com Has it at their store And originally $300 crossed out 179.99. Buy it now and you'll be hooked up with some serious nostalgia. Not only will you receive one gold hand dipped NWC replica reproduction cart, here's what else you can expect a UV protected case when it arrives, a black Nintendo dust sleeve, clear printed Nintendo World Championship labels which you can apply. Uh oh. Another another NWC label option you can apply. So they're giving you two different labels. What does one look uh, more authentic than the other? Yep, I don't know. Probably. A mini-sized replica version of the NWC t- certificate of completion that was given to the finalists at the 1990 NWC competition. Which doesn't make any sense. There are other reproduction cards available like the Retro USB one which I will I will not come down against because that looks fucking totally different. It's blue shelled.
1: Fake as shit and, and, the, and it's the switches fun are a different. Yeah.
0: yeah. But this gold NWC cart card just makes you feel better about owning a reproduction of one of the most revered cartridges, of video game competition compilations in the world. It makes you feel better. better. Ian. No, it doesn't. No. I, how does anyone feel
1: better spending one seventy nine on a fucking bootleg?
0: Especially when the retro USB one was cheaper. Yes. Do you? I mean, I, I don't know. If you want to say Pat, I just wanted to play it. You can just you can get loaded up on your fucking flash card, or you can again. Retro USB still has them. What are they have Retro USB? And shout out to Bunny Boy Retro USB.
1: Hi, Bunny Boy.
0: And yeah, Retro USB, uh, they cost... Uh, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. You can get it for 75 bucks. 75 bucks. You want to play it on a physical cartridge? There you go. Toss some money Bunny Boy's way. Yeah. 75 bucks. It's
1: free advertising. Free
0: advertising, <laughs> Bunny Boy. There you go. Um, it's weird because this website exists. It looks like... It's a blog. So, it, I, I'm trying to see what else they sell on this website. I don't, I don't think they do. It, 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 it's not really... It's. It looks like it, it's new. It, it started in May. So, I'm just going to put this out here. Okay, shop now from the website. And you can go on their mail list. Click on shop now. They offer... Oh, here you go. Where, Here's where, what they Where's offer.
1: the shop now?
0: It's on the main website. Just go to oneupretro.com. One they have an NES 136 and 1 plus 7 bonus crappy games and multi-cart. Okay, not sure if that's an AliExpress deal if they made it themselves. NES 117 and 1 plus 5 crappy game. Multi-cart. They sell an SNES clone console. 1-Up retro-branded SNES clone. They sell 5-screw shells, uh, black shells, and they sell uh, NES controllers. I don't have a problem with most of that. I got a problem, a big fucking problem with selling an NWC gold that could potentially be ripped off, and it's happened already, uh, on as we've detailed on the podcast. Yeah. So, please, please, one up retro. Do yourself a favor, and take down that awfulness. Any final thoughts, Ian? No. All right, we we are we are together on that. Q and A time on the CU podcast, Ian. This is from Od Zombie, and
1: the question is. Angry Joe versus Own Audience, taking a two-month break has led to major backlash from Joe. I definitely have opinions on this. Okay. I think you do, too.
0: And this is going to surprise everyone because I, when, I, when I, Angry it, Joe... I think
1: this is really going to surprise people. Because
0: when Angry Joe has come up on the podcast before, let's just say uh, our responses haven't been on his side 100% No, uh, when it came to uh, talking about Nintendo copyright and things of that nature. But Joe t- manages to get into the news every couple of years. It seems like when stuff comes up like this. So Joe's been doing his Angry Joe reviews for like nine years straight, like one a week. They're produced, they're CG, they're goofy, they're in costumes, and he reviews a game. That's his. That's his. That's his. His shtick. That's his product. I'm not going to argue whether or not I I like him or not. The point is his fans love him. and That's why he has a lot of viewers. So recently he's come up and basically said, "Hey guys." I'd like to take like a two-month break from doing those specific videos. Those videos are highly produced, they're scripted, they take a lot of time to do. Probably a shitload of work. And he's, you know, and as he said in the past, he's like, hey, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I'd never get to have a vacation. Maybe he had a short break. I think he did his last one after, like, right before E3. He wants to have a break. And he's still putting out other content on the side, like movie reviews, maybe stuff on Twitch. Oh, so is... he's
1: not even taking a full-on break.
0: Not a full break, just from these the main series, the one that quote-unquote people subscribe for. Okay. So he said that and his fans went absolutely ballistic on him. He said, this is all oh, things like, this is not what we're here for. How dare you? How can you do this other content? You said you're taking a vacation. You're still doing this other content. Things like that. Hey. So so he basically went to, quote, unquote, war with his fans, basically you know, calling him out here and there. You know he's probably frustrated about it. He's like he, he saw it as a slap in the face that I've been giving you free content for nine years, and this is how you're repaying me. He, he disabled comments and ratings, I, I think, for a, a few days, and he enabled them again. But on Twitter, he was pretty vocal about you know like feeling feeling like like um, like his fans betrayed him, or or like they, they were entitled because of this. All right. So so what are what are your thoughts? My
1: this? thoughts are that overall, let me just come out and say that. Um, to the shock of probably everyone, I am I am on Joe's side on this one. Wow!
0: So we won't get all the thumb downs like last
1: time. Um, or maybe we will. We will. Those fans we, that we, are—we're we're okay. about—we're going to anyway. <laughs> um, I, I'm on Joe's side on this, and uh, I I don't know that Joe maybe necessarily handled the situation as as well as he could have. But I I absolutely understand the frustration, and if I was in the same position as him, which I'm not, never will be, I I may have vented my frustration in a, in similar ways as well. The thing is, is um, he's not a slave to his audience. The man works his ass off, regardless of what I think about him or his product. He he I mean he he works. He works quite a bit at what he does. Um, and. Uh honestly those fans can stop being fucking assholes. I'll just say it. Uh, they're they're being fucking children and they're being babies. Um the man's allowed to take a break. He doesn't he doesn't need to answer to you. He's not disappearing off the face of the planet. He's taking a breather because people get burned out on this stuff. Um people forget that this is actually a job and that people who do this like he does, or like you do with your pet the NES Punk videos. Um, Gerard does with completionist videos. Norm does with his gaming historian videos. These all take a lot of work in the background to do. It's not like people just show up and throw on fucking costumes and turn on a camera. Th- this is this
0: is work. It's not ad libbed. Yeah, not, I wish it was. I wish it was that easy. Right. It's not a let's play.
1: It's not. So he's. I. I, I just. I. I don't. I don't. I don't well, get it. But this is the problem. Is And I I do have to say this, and and this is a cautionary tale as well, and this is where I break from Joe just a little bit. I'm not breaking from from what Joe, from my, I, I stand with Joe on the issue of he deserves a break and he should not be beholden to fans. But Joe has kind of built a, Joe's fan base is pretty fucking toxic. And this is kind of what happens when a toxic fan base is left to run unchecked.
0: Um, I, I, How are you quantify that? Just from what you've seen? The Just from what audits? I've seen. It's interesting. Maybe,
1: I, maybe, maybe overzealous. Uh, I, would,
0: I would say that, I for would sure. say overzealous. Maybe, if I may say, maybe could mature here and there. You know, I'm not saying, oh, everyone, but from the responses I've seen to what when we talked about them. And they've come after us. I'm like, ah, oh, this isn't our audience. This is a different sort of audience.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if "toxic" is is the right word, but I mean, definitely overzealous. Um, really amped up, like ready to go at any second. Well, that's
0: how Joe is, though. Well, it's so true. I okay. guess I guess you can have the conversation: How much is a content creator responsible for their audience? Have they, are they the ones solely responsible for cultivating it, or, or you know, sort of like has is is he to have expected this backlash? Did he create this at some point based on how his fans are? I mean, that's that's another conversation, you know, I think.
1: I feel like he probably could have expected this just from seeing the, the fan base and the types of fans. Um, and I think the better thing to have done would have just been like, too bad. And sure. it just carried on. Uh, I don't know that there was any I don't know that there was any benefit from getting into it deeper than he needed to. This
0: is what he said about when he when he was disabled the comments. I think I should put him back up. He said it's concerted effort from haters and trolls and people who are easily manipulated and now they have tried to destroy my other content. I guess they were going on other videos and complaining. What happened what happened with the comments is that they devolved into shouting matches and when I saw that that happened on a video game related video and that's I was like, Okay, enough enough. Then I think people are getting on because he also had a schedule of videos that he, he tried to keep to and he couldn't. And uh-huh. that probably fit into this as well. Uh, he said, the schedule video is probably the worst thing I, I could have done. If you're a creative-based YouTuber, don't create for yourself some schedule. People thought that I swore and I promised in the video that I would stick to the schedule. When you go back and watch the video, it's probably a previous one. I never said that. This is set in stone. I even said that this is not set in stone. We're experimenting with, with this. We just want to have more regular content. In this video from six months ago, Vargas does say that they are trying out a new schedule and that some things may take more time. Uh, according to this Kotaku article, it said this isn't the first time Vargas has had to address his audience regarding his schedule. In December 2016, Vargas tried bargaining with his audience, explaining his burnout and a desire to take a break. In quotes, I can do do two reviews a month, and if you are happy with that, can I have permission to do my movie reviews? Now, obviously, he wasn't uh, asking for explicit permission, but probably it implied permission that, will you not fucking revolt like you have here? And that's where I, I would like to say, That is where you cannot let your audience at the point where they can dictate your life to you. Nope. You can't even, to me, imply that. If you're not, if you're going to go into the game like this, and obviously, this is like going back to Godfather 2. This is the life that we chose to do.
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) right. (laughs) Mo Green was a kid. (laughs) You know what? He got shot in the eye. I didn't complain. (laughs) I didn't ask who did it. This is the life we chose. So, this is the life Joe has chosen for himself for the last nine years. Be that as it may, that still does not give the audience the right to dictate his life and schedule. No. If you're unhappy with his workload, obviously you can complain. I would say that's probably a better use of your time. is Just don't watch those videos or come back when he's back to a schedule you like. Because yeah. once you feel entitled enough to say that, oh, how dare you take a vacation? I mean, come on. You don't have that power. You might, And maybe that's what it is. Maybe the audience thinks they actually do. They feel in- entitled to that since, like, oh, we-, we propped you up for this long you know, we we have a say in how you do this. Maybe that's the thought process. I obviously don't agree with that. They should fuck off. Well, it's the same thing with me. When people say, uh, you know, why don't you go back to what brought, quote unquote brought you to the table or what your channel was founded on? It's like, well, you really don't control what I do with my life and my creativity. If right. Yeah, you know, that's that's what it comes down to. And if he feels burnt out, he feels burnt out. I feel burnt out too, uh, at times. Uh, but you know, th- like I said, this is the life you chose to do. You know, and it's still it's still better than. Uh, you know, me back when I was working at Suncoast Motion Picture Company. Uh, that was the worst job I ever had. So, there you have it. P- and plus, people evolve. After nine years, you might want to do something different. Yeah. And not do the that. same thing. I'm still surprised uh, you know, uh, like like Gerard and guys like Linkar are doing weekly, episodic, same content year after year. I'm like, that's incredible. Even if you have a team helping you, that's still, that's really nuts that you have that sort of work. I think and not just that, you haven't gotten tired of it yet. Yeah. You aren't creatively burnt out. Because even if you enjoy being an actor or doing a show year after year, eventually it's like, all right, after 10 years, I can't do another fucking Frasier episode. This is over. I don't care if the ratings are sky high. Let's move on with our lives, right? So, finally, Ian. Mm. At John Blue Riggs, good old John Riggs. GameStop's recent beyond-playful, rude comments on social media, referring to their Facebook page.
1: No, um, it was actually also Twitter, and we don't have all the links up here, so we're going to have to go off the top of my head. Um, so, GameStop uh, started saying things like uh, when, when people were like asking for, um, I think it was like when... Uh, I, I don't know, like retweets for you know how many retweets to get something or something like that. GameStop was just like flat out replying with "get a job, get a job and buy one on your own." Wow, and stuff like that. Um, obviously, there's the Facebook one that
0: you linked to. They're doing a bunch of memes on on uh, on their <sighs> Facebook page. You got any more damn switches? Yeah, you know, like Dave Chappelle, right? Which as, is as, it, the, which the crack, is whatever. I
1: mean, that's GameStop trying to trying too hard to um, I think nail that weird sweet spot we're at with uh, social media where you get someone who's kind of funny to represent your company but they're not really nailing it Uh Um, but I'm trying to find and see if because I know exactly what he's talking about I'm trying to find
0: like for example someone said uh, paid me six dollars for No Man's Sky played it once paid sixty for it lol I know the game sucks but damn six bucks GameStop respond you're lucky you got six bucks for it yeah. So, I mean, I mean that's, it's tongue in cheek, but it's also, you know, I think there's a line to be had for, you know, like if someone has a legit criticism of your business, or maybe you can say, oh, sorry about that. You know, that's just the way it works. You know, it's it's kind of tough. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know, Apparently, I blocked GameStop.
0: You blocked GameStop on Twitter? Yeah, I don't. You sure they block you? No, I don't think so. Uh, I'll look it up real quick. But, I mean, do you have a I problem? I blocked them. Okay, do, you have, I, do you have a problem with them being
1: snarky, or, or I don't bit? have a problem with snark in a lot of areas, but I just,
0: um, I'm trying to look for a bad s- example on on GameStop, but the Facebook feed was kind of bad. Some of the response. Some people love those. Some people say, "Oh, I like GameStop better now." You know.
1: Well, here we go with odd silence.
0: Someone asked, Are you really using a Chappelle Show cocaine sketch to sell Nintendo Switches? And they just replied, No. Um, Man, everyone wants to roast GameStop, and here I am wanting to give them a hug. They respond with a little hug gif. So it's interesting. I don't know who's running it. Obviously, this is what they want to do. This was the one that annoyed me. Is that someone commented, Noah Francis commented, and showed, It looks like it's Walmart a display of all the Walmart, and there's, like, at least, there's, like, switches are in the case. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like That probably means there's at least probably, like, six per there. It's, like, probably 12 switches or something. Right. They respond with, we're sure once everyone is done picking up their 12-pack of batteries, briefs, and shampoo, they'll finally head over to grab one if they can find someone to open the lock to get it out. That's such a, (laughs) it was so hard when I went to Target, and it took all of 20 seconds for them to open up the cabinet and get it out for me.
1: Yeah, it's not but, like I've never waited in a very long line at GameStop because they but, don't know what they're doing at but, the cash But
0: guess term. what, GameStop? When I went into your store and asked when you're going to have the Switches in, I was told to uh, sign up to get one of your bundles because you weren't going to just get the Switches in the store. Yeah. So that's your choice. So if you're going to sell the Switches off the off the, off the the shelf, and I could have pre-ordered one, I would have done so. But you lost my sale, and it went to Target the next week when they got them in with Super Mario uh, cart was in. So that's where you'll think they're trying a little bit too hard to be cute. I mean, that's just like, that's
1: unnecessary <sighs> to me. Yeah. I mean, in this one, like, uh, there's a guy who posted a picture on Twitter and it just says, gonna get 20 bo- bucks at GameStop tomorrow. Uh, they did an at GameStop and GameStop searched them out and said, well, that's like 12 Swiss francs. And then the guy replied, "Yeah, one meal for forty games seems pretty fair." So it's 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 not even it's that they're searching it out too. That's kind of weird. That's kind of weird.
0: That's not going to help.
1: And when you are trolling people about their own shitty trade-in program, snark is fine. It's fine to be humorous. I I loved watching the old like Wendy's interactions with people and stuff like that. That was amusing. Uh, some of the record labels that I follow have really like fun, snarky banter with like the people who follow them. But I feel like for a company like GameStop that's in the position that it's in, it's not a particularly good look for
0: them. Sure, sure. It, it's just I just think that their time is being kind of mishandled a little bit here. But I don't. Why would you? Why would you call out to people that you have a have a there's people that demand or have there's a demand for a switch but you can't get that demand thing. them. It just seems kinda weird uh, to do that. To me. So, so there you have it, Ian. Oh, I forgot to give you the last one. Here's another one. We'll have to hold hold off the other one or I'll give you two at once. Alright, Ian one, that's another that's another uh, another dig dug. What, what is it? Dug? What do we what do, got what do we got in get? there? What do we get? What do that's we a get? mystery bag. Or this is Pixel Dan's territory.
1: I think it's I think it's the man
0: himself. I think it's Taizo Hori. Oh, oh, uh, uh, It is! It's Taizo Hori. Show the camera, Ian. There he is. Yeah.
1: These are cute as shit.
0: There you go, Ian. Thank you. I'm trying to be... But we're not done! Oh, we're not there's done. Not, there's one more! There's one! Because I forgot to do it during the Angry the angry uh, Joe segment. One more, Ian. Oh, shit. By the way, if you want to ask uh, a question directly on the on the of Podcast hotline... We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash CU Podcast. Ah! As Ian screams, "Oh yeah!"
1: And the fire guy. I think that's the full set right there. It
0: is the full set. Woo And Woo-hoo! we got—I got those for you at, during uh, Too Many Games weekend. I was with Andre and Dan, and we did the scientific method of just putting them in our hands and making sure that they weighed differently uh. to make sure <laughs> to, to make sure they weren't doubled up.
1: That's awesome.
0: So, thank you very much. There you go, Ian. See, like I said, I don't totally hate your guts. <laughs>
1: but <laughs> that's very nice of you.
0: They also have I think they have they have the one frog one. I th- I want the frog one. They have a couple of Qbert ones. And the weird one is they have a Mega Man, which is not an arcade game. So I think that's yeah. kind of the weird one there they threw in.
1: Did, but, uh, did Andre get the Coily? Oh, he's got yeah. He okay. I, I was
0: gonna buy him for you. Oh, I got these. pack. come on. He okay. gets
1: every Cubert merch. I was gonna say. I hope he has the Coily in the Cubert. Andre
0: is a, is a, is a peculiar character who has a fondness for Cubert and Archie. It's a, it's very off the beaten track <laughs> with Andre sometimes, <laughs> yeah. but I love Andre. I do too. So that's it for this C U podcast. Again, we have a Patreon, Patreon. dot com podcast. We're on Stitcher, iTunes, Podbean, Google Play. Um, these go live up there, then we cut them up for you afterwards. And uh, what else? We're going to be at a video game con in New Jersey, September 9th and 10th. We'll be at Game On Expo in Phoenix, August 10th through 12th. Wow, it's coming up quick. Or 11th through 13th. 10th. Right. That weekend. It's a weekend. It's a weekend. Coming up. 11th through 13th. We'll be there. It'll be Ian's first convention since October. So that's like that's going to be big.
1: I'm super excited about it. And it's like my birthday weekend, too.
0: Oh, is it? Okay. So we'll <laughs> hang out with uh, our pal Norm, the gaming historian. So uh, anything else, Ian, you want to add before you say bye? I'm. Uh, we're going to get heat stroke. Well, we are? I think it's too late. <laughs> it actually wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I actually settled into a decent sort of... Oh, uh, no,
1: we got a little bit of cool over here and here.
0: A little bit of cool. Ian, you're cool. Thanks. All right. So for Ian Ferguson... And I'm for, Pat Contry. And for a certain NES guidebook, we'll see you later. Bye.